Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome back in to the Financial Flight Plan podcast. Along with Bree Reyes, I am Ben George. And we're here to talk to you today about life after retirement. There was a, a study that happened recently that got the got the viewpoint on retirement from a bunch of different people, all different ages, different stages of their lives, of their careers, to kind of get an idea of what they thought about life after retirement, what it would look like, which a lot of people don't really have an answer for necessarily. They don't really think that far ahead. So we're going to talk about the study a little bit, kind of what we found, get Bree's reactions, her big takeaways from it, and just kind of follow up on why it's important to be thinking about life after your career. Bree, how's it going today? It is going wonderfully, Ben. That's good to hear. What's uh, what's what's happened in your life? Anything good with Nate? I know we always get a good Nate update from time to time. We we do. We just had Nate's fourth birthday. Oh wow! Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I can't believe it's been four years. I know everybody says that, but it really, yeah. And I guess everybody had been cooped up, and so since most of the adults or all the adults were vaccinated, we had like. 45 people turn out, but you have to understand that's wow. people, that's parents and children. And in some families, they had three, three kids or something. So yeah, it was a massive part. Like I, I'd planned this little kid birthday party in my mind. Oh, we'll have family. And then just, you know, a couple little friends here and there. And then, yeah, next thing I look at my husband, I'm like, we are having a giant birthday party. <laughs> 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 but we went and we played mini golf. Oh, fun. Yes. Nate is addicted to golf. That is his favorite thing to do in the backyard is hit a golf ball around, loves to do it. So we figured, you know, why not take him mini golfing? What Joaquin and I failed to understand, though, is him hitting a golf ball around in the backyard and him trying to aim at a hole (laughs) are two very, very different things. He would tell you he did great because we told him he did great. And he probably did for a four-year-old. But yeah, it was it was so much fun. We had a great, great time. We had a lot of family in from out of town and just it was nice. It was finally felt like normal, maybe over overkill for normal. That's all right, though. I mean, you got to make up for last year, right? Yes, we're definitely definitely made up for last year when it was just three of us for sure. Good. Well, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad. Happy for Nate. It sounds like a great time. I do love mini golf as well. You know, you don't have to aim that well because you have the walls up too, so it kind of helps you out, right? Yeah, not so much. No, <laughs> no, no comment. No comment. <laughs> well, that's outstanding. Give Nate our best. Wish him a happy oh. birthday for us as well. We we do we do love hearing about what Nate's up to. Uh, always very adventurous in his life. There's so. always something. Yeah. There's always something. No question. Well, if you haven't joined us before, we're gl- glad you picked out the podcast. I'm glad you're listening. You can find everything we do online, estesfinancial.net. We'll put up this, this podcast along with all of the podcasts we put up there. That's also the best way to get in touch with Bree and her father, Tim, over at Estes Financial Services. You can do that online again, estesfinancial.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. They're on all those different uh, platforms as well. So whatever's easiest for you to contact them, that's the best way to do it. But as always, you can call them on the phone as well, 817-444-8402. So I mentioned we're talking about this study. So let me give you a little bit of background because we're talking about life after your career. Career, um, not at life after retirement because life after retirement <laughs> seems like, like I think that's death. A little then. dark, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking at what we think retirement is going to look like, what it's going to be all about for us. That's that's what it's about. And, you know, it's, it's curious to see how people look at retirement, you know, depending on where they live, how old they are. Um, but whatever your view is of retirement, that's going to shape the way the retirement planning process is going to work, which is why we're talking about this. So a little background quickly on the study before we start. So the MIT Age Lab, they conducted this study a few years ago. They asked about a thousand people. Provide five words for how you imagine life after your career. Um, so they asked people of all ages, different genders, and then plotted all the different results. There were 921 different words provided in total, which is a pretty impressive vocabulary, I might say. Uh, but only 28 words accounted for half of all the responses. So uh, yeah, there very you interesting. Go. Yeah, that, that, that makes a little more sense for me. It doesn't make me feel quite as bad about my vocabulary. So it's very interesting, Bree. So Let's go through some of the things that you saw in this study. Kind of what, what caught your attention the most? Um, and then I have some questions for you on it as, as we follow up. Well, we work with a lot of people that are approaching retirement or in retirement age. And I found that people tend to get a little anxious about retirement as they're approaching, you know, and, and it's perfectly understandable. It's the thought of, am I going to have enough? Am I going to run out of money? What happens when the paychecks stop from me? coming from my employer and I've got to take this pot of money. We call it the 800 pound gorilla around here. It's the, the thing that's supposed to keep you, you know, safe and keep the heat on in the winter and keep the air conditioner on in the summer. And, and it's supposed to help you fight inflation, which I have been harping on forever. And now apparently the country has decided that yes, inflation exists. And also help with taxes and stuff. And so you're going through that and it's a scary thought. Like I've accumulated, I've accumulated, I've accumulated. I don't know how to turn this into an income stream. Perfectly reasonable and understandable fear. And so what I found interesting in the study were that most associations were positive. Right. Um, not, not a lot of, I mean, there is occasional death, old, tired, boring, and lonely every once in a while there, which, yeah, those are not positive. But a lot of times it's life after career, retirement, relax, travel. And I know for our retirees within the last year, COVID-19 really changed that travel aspect. I've been hearing from a lot of our clients that were really disappointed because in that first year, they really wanted to travel. Mm -hmm. And the good news is, though, that they have saved some money. <laughs> that first year. Right. So they'll be able to travel um, maybe soon and maybe in a, maybe in a, a little, little more luxury than they were expecting. Yeah. And what I also found really interesting is when you look at the gender perspective, just males versus female responses, the word happy was an incredibly popular response, but almost always used only by women. Um, not a lot of men use the word happy. That is interesting. A few other words that kind of skewed more toward the women demographic were success, accomplished, fulfilled, and family. So those all kind of skewed more popular among women than men. Does that kind of reflect what you see with your clients? Do you kind of get that same feel or did that surprise you? Definitely with family, definitely with accomplished and fulfilled. Okay. Yeah, success, success. Uh, I see that both with both genders. I think... You know, we know that the median respondent age of the survey was 42. So that's a little young to be thinking about life after career. Mm -hmm. But those people were really concerned about family, fulfilled, adventure, security. But they're also the ones that thought tired and boring. And so I think the biggest thing that I'm, I'm taking away from it and the things that I think about retirement is 
retirement is not going and sitting in a rocking chair on your front porch anymore if that's not what you want. Your retirement can be what you dream of it to be. And that's where I think the goals and the sitting down and starting thinking about it early. I mean, I love when people come in and say, hey, I'm thinking about retiring in two years because that's time that we can really do some planning. We can really show them, okay, what are you going to do with this 40 hours a week that you used to spend at work? What do you want to do? And it's, it's a mind shift switch. Um, thinking from you know being bored and being lonely to I have this new, new time. What do I want to do? What do I want to explore? What aspect of my personality do I want to work on? Maybe. Maybe you want to learn a language. Maybe you want to learn to cook. Maybe you have some, you know, honeydew projects around the house that you want to take work on. Maybe you want to travel. Having the fear of, is this going to last, is perfectly understandable. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, what I thought was interesting, because, you know, as we, as we go through life with age, our priorities change, our perspective of life changes. And in this study, the younger people were, were using words like cool and good and great, nice, love. And then you saw like the older, the older people in this study were using words like friends, health, rest, stress-free. You know, it, it was very interesting to see how that, that the contrast between younger folks and people closer to retirement, how they viewed life in general, right? By just on these responses on retirement. Very much so. And the other thing is, is like I said, stress-free is a great way to think about life after career or, or life in your retirement, but you're only going to live that way. You're only going to have that stress-free or the sleep effect, as I sometimes call it, you know, the ability to sleep at night, knowing that you've got a solid plan in place. Right. Well, that's just some interesting takeaways, and it just kind of shows you what people think about retirement. Maybe you're thinking about some of these words and say, okay, I, I could actually do agree with the, the way I look at my retirement um, and af- life after career, what it's going to be like. But when you think about your clients, Bree, what are the words that most commonly used by your clients to describe the life after their career, whether it be their expectations or their experiences? What do you hear most? Uh, freedom, choice, family travel. Okay. Because when we work with people, having a plan and the way we do planning allows them to have the freedom of choice, the freedom of planning for the future. It allows them to to think about spending time with the grandkids or the great grandkids and to focus on travel and to, fo- and to really not worry too much about, oh my goodness, the Dow Jones industrial average is down whatever, 5% for today or, or what it is, or, you know, is this going to work? Is this going to last? That's what makes my job so much fun mm-hmm. is when I can help clients and, and remove some of those fears from them. And a lot of the removal of fear is education. And a lot of it's teaching. And that I, I had a client in earlier today where we were talking about that. She said, you know, I'm just so much less stressed now that you're taking, over, taking this over for me. And I just, it was the, it's the nicest compliments that dad and I can get is when a client says, oh, I don't worry. I, I know you have my back and I am more comfortable going into this new step or new stage in my life, knowing that you're going to be there with me. Yeah, that's awesome. With, with age, do you, I mean, do you see this kind of firsthand, like this study found that, that people do truly shift their priorities and their feelings, you know, even just, even if they're not with you, you know, for 15 or 20 years preparing for retirement, but even, you know, even in the years that you work with them, do you see those priorities and those feelings shift? 
Yes, very much so. I mean, as we all get closer to our great reward, as I'm going to call it, um, closer on in life, I mean, my priorities have shifted. I remember the first conversation I ever had about retirement was the night before I graduated college with dad, with Tim. We were sitting on the front stoop of my, con- of my condo in College Station, and he, the condo I was living in, and he said, so uh, you're going to graduate tomorrow? And I said, yep. And he said, well, where are you going to work? And I said, I'm working with you. And he said, no, 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 you're not. And he said, and oh, by the way, because this was a long time ago, well before Obamacare, you lose your health insurance benefits tomorrow morning. So if I were you, I'd get, you know, I'd start looking for a job, my friend. And guess what? Hmm. You get to work for the next 50 years. (laughs) And I promptly turned into a puddle of tears. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's just, it's interesting. It's fascinating how people's minds change. And and I see it, I see it in my parents. I see it in my clients. I see as we get older, more and more, um, our priorities tend to shift. It's really fascinating. But I think that that also means when you make a plan, you need to make a plan that's flexible, knowing that your priorities may change. Right. Let's talk about the planning process, because that's why you know, we're discussing this study, why it's interesting. Um, and you've kind of, you've kind of talked about it a little bit, but how important is it though, for someone to think about their life after their career and actually be envisioning these things and have a pretty good feel for what they want to do? It can obviously change and it will change probably by the time you get to retirement, but how important it is to kind of think through it and kind of have a feel for what you want to do, what that life is going to look like in terms of how the planning process works for you. Oh, it's, it's massively important because it's like getting in a car. I'm going to use the analogy of GPS or Waze. I love Waze. Okay. I have to know where I'm going or Waze does in order to give me appropriate directions and alerts about traffic and all kinds of stuff. Very similarly to how you need to plan for the future retirement. We need to know where you would like to go. Now, are, are you going to end up being the next multi-billionaire, multi-hyphenate rock star? I don't know. But the way we're, you know, we need to know what your dreams are, what your goals are, what your fears are. And that's really hard for a lot of people. That, and that's something we dig into in our financial planning processes. You know, what are your fears? Um, are you afraid of running out of money? Maybe you saw it with a family member. Maybe it's something that's super concerning for you. Because I don't believe in cookie cutter financial planning. I don't believe that everyone needs an annuity. I don't believe in the the generalisms. Everybody's different. Everybody's goals are different. And so we really need to to understand yours. And that helps me make the roadmap or plot the ways course to getting you there. Are you going to get everything your hopes and dreams desires? No. I can tell you that. And how I can tell you that is because I'm only 5'5", five, five, maybe 5'6 five, on a good day. I still want to be, you know, 5'9 and 100 pounds. It's not going to happen. But if we know everything, then we can prioritize those. I mean, there's no way to get me to 5'9", not without a stretching machine. But if, if we know the way, the goals, we can work towards them. And so it's never too early to start planning. And it is never too, and, and planning is vitally important. And I feel like that's one area that my industry does a lot of people a, a tremendous disservice. 
Because a lot of times we'll talk about your hopes and your dreams and laying on the beach and you'll see these great commercials, but nobody talks about your fears. Right. Nobody talks about what's, what does keep you up at night. And most people don't, call, I don't get phone calls from people going, hey, I'm terribly worried about inflation. <laughs> I mean, yes, actually I do. But um, today, <laughs> but for the most part, I don't get strangers. That was from a client. I don't normally get, you know, prospects or strangers calling me at my office going, I need to sit down and meet with you. I'm terribly worried about inflation. I'm terribly worried that I'm probably going to run out of money. I'm terribly worried that I have a bad spending habit. Nobody likes to think about the scary things, but the scary things help you have a more solid plan. Planning is the key. So this is why we wanted to kind of put it under radar, be thinking about what retirement might look like for you. Uh, life after your career, I know a lot of times it's not easy to think about, um, but it's important. And it's important to, to kind of help address these things as Bree has talked about. And one of those things you're going to have to address after your career, even though you're not working anymore, even though you don't have that steady paycheck coming in from an employer, there's still taxes to think about, right, Bree? Death and taxes. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> yep. No, you definitely do. And that's part of the reason we put together our ticking tax time bomb toolkit. One of these days I'll be able to say that without popping my keys, <laughs> but today is not the day, people. And what do we have in it? We've got a really great book on financial flight plan, seven lessons to save your retirement that we talk about taxes and retirement. Because that's one of the big scary things. Um, you know, you, you're not getting a regular paycheck. You're not getting cost of living increases on the money coming in. You've got your portfolio. And so we want to make sure that your retirement is in the best position it can be in. We also have uh, some, a couple of special reports. These five risks could destroy your retirement. And we've got a tax special report. You know, there's a lot of uh, people that will maybe lie to their spouse about their spending or lie to their spouse about where the money is. But very few people I know actually lie to Uncle Sam, the IRS. Uh, and the reason being is because, well, you know, they are the scariest federal agency. They did take down Capone and quite a few other bad guys. So you want to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're on the right side of the IRS, but you're not overpaying in taxes. You're not a better American if you pay more than you need to in taxes. And if you're worried about making this money last, the last thing you should be doing is sending extra money to the government. Because guess what? They don't pay you any interest when they have your money. Something to think about. They charge us a penalty if we don't send ours in on time. Mm. <laughs> but there's no benefit to sending more <laughs> or early. <laughs> That's not exactly fair, huh? It's all hitting so, close to home, Bree. I, I actually literally cut my check to the, the IRS um, today for, for yeah my 2020 taxes right before we started recording. So I'm sorry, <laughs> it's a very painful time the, right see, now. The state of Texas has an extra month because we had that terrible ice storm. Yeah, um, so we're all taking advantage of it. But yeah, no, it's taxes are taxes are not a lot of fun, and so our ticking tax time bomb toolkit allows us to kind of go through that and talk about some of these things and make sure you're setting yourself up in the best position for your retirement. I mean, you've worked hard for your money. Make it work hard for you and keep as much of it as possible. Yep. Most importantly, very easy to do. Just contact uh, Bree. You can go to the website, estesfinancial.net. There's a form at the bottom. You can just put in your name, email, send it over. Just request the, the Ticking Tax Time Bomb Toolkit. So you heard it on the podcast. There's one, too, for government employees and one tailored towards 
regular civilians like myself. So whatever your uh, whatever your employment is, she's got one for you. So again, take advantage of that for listening to the podcast. All right, time for a little getting to know Bree Reyes outside of work, outside of building plans for you. This week's question, Bree, who would you want to be the narrator of your life? Julia Andrews. Oh, wow. Quick answer. <laughs> we watched Mary Poppins over the weekend, mm. and I just, I love her voice. I find her very soothing and kind of wise sounding. Mm-hmm. The British accent is very wise sounding. I will say that. Yeah. No, I love her. So Julia Andrews would definitely be my choice. And she, yeah, she does great voiceover work. I love it. Great answer. Was not expecting it. And you had it really quickly. So appreciate that as well. All right, let's get one mailbag question in before we get out of here today on the Financial Flight Plan podcast. Got a question in this week. Comes in from Jimmy in Fort Worth. He says, I've heard you talk about having an emergency fund, but I'm having trouble determining just how much I should have in mind and where I should invest it. I'm also not exactly sure how to define an emergency so that I can know exactly when to dip into that emergency fund. So what's your advice? Wow, there's a lot of parts to this question. An emergency fund. I, to me, an emergency fund is between three to six months essential living expenses. What do I mean by essential living expenses? I mean your mortgage, your rent, your car payment, your utilities, your food. You know, I do not necessarily mean your Netflix. <laughs> subscription. <laughs> I mean essential living expenses. Although in my house, my husband would argue Netflix is an essential living expense. True. Um, so it's it's one of those things. It's, there are some personal wiggle room in there. Um, but I like to have three to six months essential living expenses. And I like to have this money immediately available to you. So to me, it's not something that you invest because God forbid, what happens if your emergency is after the market closes? And you're going to have to wait until the next day to sell. And then it's sell date plus trade date plus settlement. No, this is in a savings account. Um, notice I didn't say checking. Don't right. leave this money in your checking account. You do not. It's too easy to steal people's pins and get everything out of their checking account. This isn't a nice safe savings account, but one that you have access to. And what is an emergency expense? To me, that is something that um, you haven't planned for, you haven't budgeted for that you need money for now. For example, you have a house fire and you need to pay your deductible. I, I would say go ahead and grab that. That's not something you probably planned for. And if you did, that's called arson. Good luck. Let's see. My cruise that I'm planning in two years? No, that's that's a <laughs> that's not an emergency expense. Hey, my friends are going to Cancun last minute and I want to go with them. That is not an emergency expense. Hey, I found a really cute outfit. Not an emergency. <laughs> Not an emergency expense. So, so you can kind of see what I'm what I'm talking about here. This is the food, shelter, water, life type situations. That's what I would call an emergency expense. And if you dip into it for whatever reason, radiator explodes, no judgment. But your first priority, once you have taken care of that, once you're starting to save again, isn't necessarily how much can I put in my investment account. It's how much is it going to take to get my emergency fund back up to that three to six months living expenses? Mm -hmm. Then we can start talking about your investment account. We have a client that keeps a year's worth of essential living expenses in their savings account. 
that what's that's what makes them comfortable. They live in a very or they work in a very volatile industry where sometimes they have work and sometimes they don't. And so it's it's important that they have a ton of cash on hand and they know that about themselves and and we understand that about them. But it's just something to think through. I hope that helps. Yeah, thanks for that question, Jimmy. I think it's a good question. I think we all kind of wonder, do we have enough stocked away or can I start spending some of this or investing some of this? So it's a good question to know. Thanks for the answer, Bree. If you have a question for us, you can send it in through the website, estisfinancial.net. You can see the form at the very bottom to fill out. Very easy to do. And we'll try to bring the question to the show and answer it on a future episode. That'll do it for this episode of the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. Hopefully this gave you some things to think about in terms of life after your career. How would you define it? What does it look like? Be thinking about that. It'll help you with the planning process. Right, Bree? Very much so. And to everyone listening, go out and lead an abundant life.